right, hi everybody, and welcome to Underneath the Waves, where we take you behind the music of singer-songwriter Don Hancock. I'm your host, Grace Hancock, and welcome to episode three. Each episode will cover a different song, and will be a quickie look behind the scenes and the process and the meaning behind it. Does that make sense? It does. We'll go with it. Thank you so much for joining us, and without further ado, say hello, Don. It did make sense. Okay, so we're good to go. Thank you. <laughs> I was worried. So, um, the song that everybody just heard at the top of this episode is the amazing third track on your first EP, Reborn, which is what we're talking about, and it's called Beautiful Lies. And this song was also released as a single in October 2018, which was a few months before the full EP was released. What made this song something that you also wanted to release as a single? Like, what made this, like, special? What? How did this, like, make the cut? So this was my first cinematic song that I did. So my producer and I had done a song called Lazy Eights, and a, which we'll I, talk about in a bonus episode, FYI. And another song called Ghost that we'll probably do. We'll bonus also episode. do a bonus episode. Yep. And those were more kind of electro pop, a little bit of a different vibe, because um, I was still figuring out my sound right. at that point and hadn't quite evolved into the cinematic universe yet. But when we did Beautiful Lies, that was when I went to my producer and I said, this is what I want to sound like. And, you know, he was more of a kind of pop guy. And so I wasn't sure if he would be interested, skilled, you know, even want to do the more cinematic sound. But he was totally down. And so Beautiful Lies was the first cinematic one that we did together. And so I released it as a single for that reason, but also because... It was right before the midterm elections and Beautiful mm-hmm. Lies was written about our current political state. <laughs> Everything's Which fine now. You can't see faces, but I think <laughs> they can all read the room. That's really interesting. I did not know, um, I did not put that together with uh, the political uh, connotations there. That's very interesting. Um, one thing that I really, really like about this track is that like the music, it kind of takes this it has a sort of like soothing musical tone while also having kind of a heavier tone with the lyrics. So it's kind of giving, giving, that's the word that we invented to. Yep. Giving the listener that kind of like headbutting experience where it kind of creates this juxtaposition of how we want to believe something like where we're like, oh, like if things were like this, it would be perfect or blah, blah, blah. But then on the other hand, deep down, we know that's not the case because we can sense toxicity. So was that kind of like push and pull that is indicative of that actual experience? Was that a intentional creative choice or is that something that kind of organically came about in the production process with your producer and with everybody? I think it was both. So for this one, I remember sending him a few inspiration songs that were along those lines, right? That had a little more, uh, some subtlety to Mm -hmm. the production as opposed to maybe some of my other ones that are like darkness, a little bit more intense and in your face. Um, and I think the lyrics as well, and this was probably a creative choice that he made, but that resonated with me. So we kept it, you know, it's, it's a lot about illusion and magic and kind of like this almost like looking through a mirage. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can feel that in the music. Right. And I, so I think it was a combination of me perhaps not articulating it exactly that way, but reflecting that in the inspiration songs that I sent him And then it just sort of organically coming about as we both kind of wrestled with like what it should sound like. Right. Which just, again, goes back to it's how important it is to have like that shorthand with your producer and with everybody that you're working with. Um, And again, he's a wizard. He is a wizard. (laughs) And you've mentioned previously that when you're working, the lyrics are kind of king. They always come first. 
when you start to work on the actual music, what does that look like for you? Are you like tinkering on a keyboard or with a software program? What is that process like? Yeah. So I don't write in a software, like I don't write in a DAW. I find that very frustrating. So I literally sit at the keys, like my actual piano that's right there. Or before we had that, my actual keyboard, as opposed to like my, you know, MIDI controller on with my interface. Uh, I sit there at an actual piano with a voice recorder, <laughs> which is not as sophisticated as it could be. But I, I like doing it that way because I get kind of wrapped up in the technicality of the mm. technology when I'm doing it that way. So I don't like to mess with that. And I literally just sit and I just start playing. So I have for every single song I've ever written, you can listen to my writing session, like post lyrics, but you can listen to the session from beginning to end. That's awesome. So I could go back and listen to, you know, what I was like plunking around with at the beginning <laughs> and listen to the whole evolution of how like the melody came out and the chords. And most of the time, the chords, they just find themselves. Like I just start playing and just whatever comes out just sort of grows into whatever the final product is. Um, but it's been fun actually going back and listening to demos for sure to hear like what a demo sounds before we add production, but even more so listening to those voice memos of like, where did I start with literally nothing, just like plinking around and then how it evolved into <laughs> I love the word plinking. Literally. That's literally what it feels like. I'm literally just like, mm, I'm like, <laughs> like that sounds good. How about a B? Yeah. <laughs> But I actually don't do that with melodies. So that's maybe an important distinction. Like I play around with the chords, but the melody is all, I just vocalize that. Like mm. some people actually play the melody and that's how they find it. Right. I don't do that. Like I vocalize the melody and I find it right. that way. And then I, the reason why I record is because if I don't, right. I will forget what 100%. has come out. And so then I can go back and listen and be like, okay, I liked that. And then, you know, take it further. That's really cool. I was also thinking, because um, we talk a lot, obviously, about how this is like very, uh, per like it's just primed for film and television. And I just finished watching the show Behind Her Eyes on Netflix. Did you watch this? Not yet. Have you read the book? No. Okay. Well, you, it's, I mean, I, I really, <laughs> really, really liked it. I know a lot of people have read the book. I have not read the book. I wasn't familiar with it, but I watched the show. Um, but this is a perfect song for this show because there's definitely a lot of, you know, this is not what you think. It's like two faced and then also like three faced and four faced. Like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of layers of deception. So I feel like this would be absolutely perfect for that. So do you have anything, uh, do you have any final thoughts on beautiful lies you want to share with our listeners? I think the only other thing is we mentioned it briefly. <laughs> like, <"Bo> blue. That, <laughs> yeah, literally. I was, I was just about to say, like we mentioned briefly that it was about like the political climate, which thankfully has somewhat improved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since 2018, certainly. Um, <laughs> But it was, it was the sort of genesis of Beautiful Eyes was born out of a literal moment where I was seeing something that someone was commenting on that was happening in the world. And I just remember having this thought of, are we looking at the same thing here? Because right. I feel like I'm seeing one thing and it seems like you're seeing something totally different. Right. And that was sort of the genesis of that. And But I think that experience has continued, even though we have maybe better people in power now. I think this is sort of universally applicable, not just to political climates, but to literally anything. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of polarity for sure. 
Right. Well, I that's all super interesting, and I'm learning things. I know you guys are learning everything. So thank you so much for being here. Be sure to tune in next week where we're going to talk all about the song Stay. And in the meantime, follow Dawn online everywhere at the Dawn Hancock. You can visit DawnHancock.com where you can also find the lyrics to all of her stuff. And check out her music on Spotify, Google Play, all the great places that people find their music. And if you have a question, you can send it in to hello at dawnhancock.com and we can answer it in a future episode. And also, I forgot to mention this on the other episodes, but you can also leave us a voicemail on the Anchor app and we can put that in the episode as well. So we'll see you next week. Have an epic week, everyone. Have an epic week. Bye.